Okay, I'm sorry about Venom. Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Trevor, and uh, welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Uh, in this installment, uh, Kyle and I will be catching up on the Sony and uh, Marvel co-production uh, 2018's Venom, uh, starring Tom Hardy and directed by Ruben Fleischer. Um, Kyle, uh, right off the bat, how would you say you felt about this film after you watched it? Well, Trevor, let me answer that by starting off by saying I don't give a fuck about superhero movies. Um, I really couldn't care less. They're entertaining. Some of them are entertaining, but I don't, like, when it comes to Spider-Man or comic book heroes, I don't read the comic books, so therefore I don't really give a shit if they get things right or wrong. I don't care. Mm -hmm. So this movie I found entertaining. I can definitely see where neckbeards and nerds are like, this is this was awful. This was absolutely terrible. Um, but all in all, like, I, it was just an, it was it was entertaining for me. It's not a good movie, I would say, but I I found it entertaining. Yeah, it's kind of funny you mentioned that that you're you're not really a a canon snob or a you know a, a comic devotee because uh, in a lot of ways I think that puts you in a position to en- enjoy this movie more. Than, than most folks out there that, that do care about like following the the lore and like the the behind the scenes details of all these characters and their shared universe and stories <clears throat> because yeah this movie does not make too much of an attempt to to remain true to a lot of what we know about the, these characters and the world they inhabit in fact it seems to go out of its way to distance itself from what we know mm-hmm. and you know, I, I'm. I try not to be a neckbeard about these things, but you know, my bullshit detector does go off on occasion uh, when I see things that are like blatantly out of sync with with, I guess, the rules, or the, like the expectations you have for these characters mm-hmm. and uh, and their capabilities and and things along those lines. But um, yeah, I I can't call this a good movie. Um, it was it was entertaining, but um. It was amazing to me how right off the bat, like as soon as the early trailers started to come out for this movie, um, I immediately like pointed to this film and said, this movie's going to suck, but Tom Hardy will be very good. And sure enough, that's what I got out of it. Um, Tom Hardy does some pretty amazing stuff in this movie that I, I was thoroughly entertained by, but the actual plot and the characters and oh. pretty much everything besides his performance quality is just not very good. There's some I'm guessing like I had some problems with the casting in the movie um, personally uh, and I wonder if that might be because he's uh, like he's probably one of the highest paid actors right now if I had to guess like he's up there. Uh, I mean I'm sure he's up there I don't know about highest paid but um, I mean most people most people like Tom Hardy. Yeah, he's, men, he's men and women alike. Everybody likes Tom Hardy. He's like he's very popular, but he also does things that you're like, wait, did Tom Hardy? I think he's in Dunkirk. Like he's not. I don't think he's on that at all. Like he, there's no Tom Hardy on that movie. Like oh yeah, Tom Hardy's in that. Um, and I, I think he actually prefers that. Um, I noticed like some of his most iconic roles, like the ones that have gotten him the most critical acclaim, tend to be supporting roles as opposed to leading man roles. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he steals the Revenant. I think that he's the he's my favorite part of the Revenant. No, I thought he was by far the best part of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, Dark Knight Rises. I loved his Bane. He was, mm-hmm. I mean, it's iconic. It's I agree. A 
very daring performance in a lot of ways. For good or bad, it's iconic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he seems to thrive um, in that just slightly off-to-the-side role as opposed to the, the leading man. Although I did really like Locke. Um, that movie has kind of a mixed reputation because it, it literally is just him driving on a highway making phone calls uh-huh. um, via car phone, like Bluetooth. Um, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I think he's an outstanding performer in, in any capacity. Mm-hmm. But but why do you say he was? Why do you say you have issues with the casting? Though? So it was. Um, so I guess we can kind of jump into it. So one of the problems I have with the casting is um, I've not I've noticed that there haven't been a lot of good villains lately in the movies I've been watching. Uh, in this movie as well, I didn't like the casting for uh, the villain in this movie. Um, I'm not sure who this actor was. I looked him up. Um, uh, Riz Ahmed. Yeah, I he I was not buying his I wasn't buying his performance as a villain. Like they're just it, it just wasn't what I was thinking as a like a Marvel villain. Like he was just oh we're gonna develop this technology and turn it into stuff. Uh, it wasn't even I didn't get a clear motivation. Like he was just like this is cool. We're gonna we're gonna do something with it. Like um, was he trying to weaponize the venom? You see. <clears throat> I, I feel like I, I have some theories about the production of this movie because I don't know if you noticed this, but um, when when Tom Hardy uh, goes to visit his boss when he's employed as a reporter, mm-hmm. um, they have a couple of office, office meetings. And I could be wrong, but I swear Tom Hardy's hair and hair color were totally different uh, <laughs> than in the rest of the movie. That's very possible. <laughs> and I feel like maybe that scene or those scenes were filmed at a very different time than the rest of the film or something. Very possible. Um, I could be wrong because it could have just been a different lighting scheme or something. But I swear, he he just looked different. <laughs> um, but the reason I bring that up um, with Riz Ahmed is that the writing of his character is horribly inconsistent. Um, because much. one of the earliest scenes we see of him is him talking with some kids. Yeah. And he's, gr- he's great with the he's kids. He's great. He is like he's like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and he's like bantering with them and having a great time he's he seems like a really cool dude yeah but then like immediately after that he turns into like a lex luther type like super villain guy yeah and i'm not i don't i'm not buying it like it, it, his performance i just not buying him as that two-faced like oh i'm really good with the kids and then also i'm evil uh, yeah I, no, I wasn't buying him he, as evil he doesn't strike me as like a a a dual personality type figure like i mean these days the stereotype of the the evil ceo is like borderline like asperger's or or like autistic where it's yeah. like cold inhuman yeah it would have been kind of funny actually to have him like get pushed into a room with a bunch of kids and just be completely cold and un- like unable to comprehend their stupidity and stuff but no yeah. like we get this this scene where he's really great with the kids and then after that he speechifies a whole bunch throughout the movie about wanting to go to space uh, to like mine the mine the resources of space and basically save humanity. But at the same time, he also preaches that humanity is at the brink of extinction because of hubris, and we've we've taken too much from the environment, and we're killing ourselves. So you have this character who, at the same time, is trying to save humanity, but also has zero faith in them. 
And so when it comes time for him to merge with the, the Riot symbiote, the Riot symbiote wants to kill humanity. Yeah. Because the 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 climax of this movie involves this this alien symbiote wanting to get back into space so it can basically phone home and say, Hey, rally the troops, let's go to Earth and kill everyone. Yeah. So he is essentially aiding in this. So his motivations are mixed. It's like, do you want to save everyone, or do you want to kill everyone? It's kind of like two opposite things. <laughs> it's kind of like Thanos, though, because Thanos is like, I have to kill some of these people so that, like, po- he's just population control. I think was Thanos's thing. Yeah. No. It's it. We need to. We need to. Uh, what coal coal the herd a bit what the need fuck to, are, need to do a slash and burn every once in a while you need what to, it, to burn the crops what is it with marvel what is their fucking thing like what do you mean like thanos is like population control and this guy's like we got too many people we have to start going to other places and mining other shit like the villains are just like listen we like well, people but they all need to die well, in Thanos's case, it was very explicitly stated what his intentions were, and that's what made him a good villain. Yeah, so that oh, he did. Yeah. Um, I actually got a kick out of uh, Tom Hardy's Bane, in the sense that he had this this quirk where he would say the thing he's going to do right before he does it, mm-hmm. and that that's very threatening when it comes to a villain, yeah. especially an ambitious villain. And in Thanos's case, it it worked very well because he basically he calls the shot. He yeah. does the Babe Ruth where he's just like, yep, ball's going over there. <laughs> and sure enough, he does it. Whereas Riz Ahmed's uh, Riot, like the two of them, I guess, just the motivations are just so muddled that it's like, I don't even know what this guy wants. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, all I can tell is that Alien go up and rocket and wants to kill everyone. And human guy is helping Alien go up and rocket and kill everyone. It's like, by the way, you're a human and you will die too. <laughs> Did you did you get maybe like the, kind of like the predator where you were watching and like wait what happened now like do you feel like there's some stuff cut out? <laughs> uh, I feel like there was a lot of yeah. stuff cut out, <clears throat> a lot. <laughs> um, so let's dial it back because yeah. we're we're ta- all the stuff we've just been talking about is actually the very end of the movie. Yeah, like, like no joke, the last fifteen ten minutes of the movie. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, the it's a fucking roller coaster at the end. Uh, Things wrap up very quickly in this movie. Very quickly. Um, but they build very slowly. Um, it's funny, because the, the very first thing that jumped out at me when this movie started was the production banners. So we get the gigantic Sony logo, because uh, it's been widely publicized that uh, this is a Sony film, because Sony technically owns the rights to Spider-Man mm. in uh, in film. Uh, so any... Any Spider-Man films made since the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, Sony gets a cut of. Gotcha. So this movie uh, has the Marvel logo on it, but if you look, and you don't even have to look very carefully, (laughs) uh, it says, in association with Marvel. Yeah. Uh, So this is a Sony and Marvel co-production. But then, in very small type, in very small type on the the opening shots of the movie, which are in space, by the way, very predator esque. Um, it says in association with Tencent. Um, are you familiar with Tencent? No. Uh, Tencent is a Chinese company that's like one of the biggest media companies in the world. Um, they have their fingers in everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not surprised to see that, but it's it's kind of shocking. 
epic to to see a, a major studio film with you know by the way partially financed by Chinese conglomerate. Um, but yeah, I I don't know if you remember this, but uh, Marvel Knights does that jump out at you at all? No. <clears throat> so in the what the late two thousands, uh, so this was pre pre. Uh, this was around the time of the first Iron Man, I guess. Um, I think they only made three movies. Um, there was Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, Punisher, Warzone, and Elektra. Mm. And One of all those three of those good. movies, just just by like taking the, the slightest glance at those films, you can guess that they're probably going to suck. Except for one of them, yes. Except for one of them. I, would, I agree with you. There's no debate. I, I actually <laughs> happen to like Punisher, Warzone. But like, if I was an investor or something... And I saw those three movies. I'd be like, I don't know, guys. <laughs> like, it's like I know we're already making it, but I think I'm gonna give you give you five dollars instead of ten. <laughs> um, I always thought it was funny that those movies, instead of the traditional Marvel logo, they they like created a separate production banner called Marvel Knights. And I think it was an attempt to distance those films from the the other more successful ones to protect themselves, I guess. Um, And so this movie, in a lot of ways, reminded me of one of those, where it's like, this exists parallel to a lot of, like, big Marvel movies and stuff, but we're going to go out of our way to, to indicate, like, visually in association with marvel this is not a marvel film for the love of god don't 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 lump this in with the rest of them in association yeah (laughs) um so yeah go ahead i was just gonna say like this movie um ruben fleischer is a director i don't have much uh i don't have much familiarity with him i think the only movie of his i've seen is uh, 30 minutes or less which has one of my favorite Michael Pena performances of all time. Uh, oh, he's, he's a good bad guy. In that. Fucking, he's he's a good bad guy, but he's also hilarious in that movie. Yeah, he's yeah. he's the comic relief in that whole. Movie. You have <laughs> you have Danny McBride, uh, Nick Swartzen, and Aziz Ansari, and Michael Pena is the comic relief in that movie. Yeah, he, um, but he also did um, Zombieland, which I love. I, I love Zombieland. I think it's a great movie, and he did. He was a producer for Gangster Squad, apparently. I I really want to see that movie. Actually, I've heard it's crap, but there's so much about it that just looks like right up my alley. He also did the Santa Clarita Diet, which is a, like a, a zombie show, like a uh, with Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant. Um, it's not bad. I watched the first season with my girlfriend, um, but I do like Zombieland. <laughs> I, I will give him that. I'll give him Zombieland. <laughs> Well, apparently uh, he's supposed to be doing a sequel to that eventually. Oh! And, uh, and uh, the casting of one of the characters in this movie uh, speaks to his association with the Zombieland films. Where was Woody Harrelson in this movie? I did not see him. Like... Oh, you you didn't see Woody? No. He... Post credits, my friend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta. Be I mean, you, you said me. it up front. You don't do these comic book movies, really. <sighs> um, you need to condition yourself to. Expect something after the credits. Um, <laughs> um, gonna, we'll get gonna, to we'll I'm, get to Woody. I'm but. gonna channel I'm gonna channel my Doctor Cox from Scrubs. Oh my God, I do not care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well said. Because um, on, only someone, only somebody who actually gives a shit would bother to wait till after the credits. Mm. 
expecting something to be there in fact it's funny like seeing on like youtube comments and stuff where people like bitch about there not being a post credits like it's called a stinger by the way yes um it's funny seeing people bitch about there not being a stinger in, in like non-comic book movies it's like dude since when the fuck is something supposed to be after the credits you know what movie i would like to see a post credits stinger uh no country for old men uh <laughs> Just like Anton Shakur, just like walking like into another gas station or something like that. Like fuck, he's gonna keep going. <sighs> but uh, so, what did you think of? Um, so, there's a couple of other uh, people in here. Uh, Michelle Williams, I believe she was married or was going steady with Heath Ledger um, for a long time, uh, up into his death. Uh, she's in here. I haven't. I don't think I've seen her in a movie since Dick. Uh yeah actually i think i'm in the same boat um i know she has grown to become like a critically acclaimed actress that's up for oscars she's manchester she's basically up for oscars every time she does something which is which makes it all the more shocking that she's in this movie shutter island that's the last thing i saw her in shutter island i've been meaning to see that just just to see what scorsese is like as a quote-unquote like horror film director it's a one and done but it's good I mean, Scorsese's adventurous, so it's always interesting. Like Hugo, for instance, is a movie that I mm. normally wouldn't bother with, but because he made it, I'm curious. Yeah. Because it's a kid's movie made by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> and no, I, I mean, occasionally he does go out of his comfort zone. He has he has cycles. Oh. He does gangster movies, like movies about the neighborhood, religious movies, oh. and then random shit. Oh yeah, and then occasionally concert movies. Like how's Rolling your, Stones stuff or whatever. How's your mother? Good. She's tired from fucking your father. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's an endless boat of In Hugo. Quotes. <laughs> In Hugo. <laughs> in Hugo. <laughs> in Hugo. Um, another dude in here, uh, the doctor, Reed Scott. Um, you're not going to know who he is, but he is from Veep. Now, he is playing polar opposite of his character on Veep. His character on Veep, Veep is... A conniving little shit with a foul mouth and a complete disregard for other people. Like, he is a piece of shit in that show. And he's really good in it, too. He's very funny. Um, but he's the exact opposite in this movie, which I kind of enjoyed. And I, I liked him in this movie, actually. Um, I liked it pretty well. Yeah. Um, Dr. Doctor Dan, I think, is his name. Um, did you- I liked him. He's, he's, it's, a, it's always a fun character where it's like the the new boyfriend but he's like the coolest guy ever he's the nicest guy he's like pierce brosnan and uh, uh miss doubtfire um absolutely so did you I, ever see- oh man it would have been so great to see venom toss like a, a lime at him <laughs> it was a run by fruiting, fruiting. <laughs> uh, shit can we bite his head um so uh did you ever see that original that first harold and kumar movie uh yes i did so there's there's a scene in there where um, Ryan Reynolds is playing a doctor, funny scene, and uh, Kumar is like, okay, we need to sedate the guy, we need a huge bag of weed, and um, and he and then Ryan Reynolds pulls off his little surgical mask, he goes marijuana, but why? <laughs> um, and that's when I'm looking at the when I was looking at the casting at. I came across Jenny Slate, and I'm like, oh no, Jenny ah. Slate's in this. I'm like, Jenny Slate. But why? <laughs> <laughs> um, like, you know, I I think maybe the only thing I've seen her in, other than uh, that Zootopia movie. 
I mean, yeah. that doesn't count because it's just voice acting. But she's basically playing the same character, to be honest. Um, I think the only thing I've seen her in was a couple episodes of that Girls show. Mm, okay, I can see that. And, but I've noticed a lot of my guy friends have a lot to say about her. Okay, so she has... I can see her being good at voice acting. I think I've seen her do a couple things for voice acting. I feel like I've seen that before. Uh, she's funny on um, Parks and Rec. Uh, she's uh, this dude's sister on there. She's she's funny on there, um, and she's in our idiot bro- or my blind brother, which I thought was pretty funny. I thought it was pretty good, but it, she doesn't. She can't do serious. That's the thing. It's like she's funny and she's good at voice acting. She's not a serious actress. She's not what I think of doing a serious of someone doing a serious role. So when I mm-hmm. saw her, I'm like, oh no, <clears throat> she's gonna be doing a, a serious role in this, and yeah, yeah. Um. It's funny, actually. I wrote a few notes here where <clears throat> she she does some stuff where it's like she's acting with her voice but not her face. Yeah. Because exactly. there's that scene where, where she and Tom Hardy are talking and she's trying to convince him to help her. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, intense as fuck and is, like, saying, leave me alone, lady. I want nothing to do with this. And he's, you know, acting. He's doing the thing. <laughs> but, like, she's, like, saying, I'm fearing for my life. But, like, her face isn't yeah. moving. Yeah. <laughs> it's and a- the whole time I was like, is she setting him up? Because, like, we at this point in the movie, we understand that Riz Ahmed is a man of resources and is not afraid to kill people to silence them. Very much. Um, so I was starting to, like, craft a theory in my head that's, like, did he, like, send her out to lure him in because he's a journalist yeah I mean, if he gets a lead of course he's going to pursue it that's in his nature i was like did he like pressure her to lure him in to get him into the symbiote testing to potentially kill him and silence him but no she was being sincere yeah but right? i think the note i wrote is like she's just so disingenuous <laughs> it's like olivia munn i believe nothing that comes out of your face it's like olivia munn and the predator it's the same thing i'm like are are you do you know what you're saying or yeah it's like you, you say you're a scientist i don't know that that's true so it's like i see i see you have a coat do, and thick glasses but i don't think you're very bright <laughs> do you want to talk about Tom, thomas hardy do you want to talk about him Sure. So I, when I was watching this, all I could think of when I was watching it, it was like, oh my god, would you sit the fuck still? Would you stop moving? Because every time he's on screen, and I think it's just the character that he's that he's playing, but even when he's doing like his Vice stuff, because he's a Vice reporter, that's what I considered him. Like, yeah, looked, absolutely. No, yeah. even the cinematography of his show is very much borrowed from that. He's like moving his hands, and like he's just always doing stuff with his hands. His head's never really sitting still. I'm like, would you? Stop! Stop moving. Um, but then there's a, a specific scene or a sequence where he has to keep moving, which is fine. But it was before that, and I yeah. was like, "Would he just stop? Stop it now?" <laughs> it was giving me anxiety, really. Um, but I—he's uh, kind of a piece of shit. Like, uh, but I think isn't um, in the comic books isn't Eddie Brock kind of supposed to be like a shitty reporter? Okay. Well, time for backstory. There um, we go. Uh, so Eddie Brock in the comics, I mean, there have been multiple interpretations, obviously, but uh, yeah, he's supposed to be kind of a down-and-out type fella. He's not an excellent reporter. He's just a reporter, mm-hmm. as opposed to like Peter Parker, who's generally regarded as a very good photographer. 
So he's he's not supposed to be amazing at what he does. Um, I don't know that I've seen many instances where he's portrayed as just an out-and-out piece of shit. Um, the character that Michelle Williams plays, uh, Anne uh, Weying, uh, sure. in the comics, I believe she was actually his ex-wife. Mm. Um, so ex-wife, meaning it didn't work out. Yeah. So I guess I guess you could, you know, infer that maybe that means he's he's a little rough around the edges, at least in how he relates to her, how yeah. he relates to the people closest to him. Um, but yeah, he's. I, I don't really think of him as being portrayed as an out and out just shit person. But he he is always supposed to. the The major difference between this interpretation of the character and the other ones is that the character's name is Venom. Mm-hmm. Venom meaning. You know, a word that's a synonym for like vitriol, or, or <laughs> yeah. like he he uh, he's supposed to have a chip on his shoulder, a chip on his shoulder in the shape of Spider-Man, <laughs> yeah, who doesn't exist in this film universe. <laughs> so th- this this whole premise, this whole story, has a Spider-Man-shaped hole in it, um, and it it makes for some strange characterization because it puts all the pressure on him to be the asshole that gets to, that mucks everything up. Mm-hmm. And there's even a part in this movie where I got really confused. Where uh, early on in the movie, what gets his arc rolling is that he uh, uses his fiance's laptop uh, to read some confidential files for a court case that she's about she's about to work on uh for the company for the life foundation for riz ahmed's company so he he looks at these confidential protected documents on his fiance's computer he uses that information to try to confront riz ahmed um the what the news network or whatever that that he eddie brock works for catches wind of this so they fire him because apparently riz ahmed's company owns that news network jeez so it's so he gets fired. Um, it's discovered that how he obtained that information. So she gets fired, his fiance. And she dumps all, him. Yeah, she drops the ring on the street. Deservedly. Yeah, absolutely. And it's spelled out to him that this is all you're doing. In fact, later on, he and and uh, Michelle Williams have a reunion, which is actually kind of a fun scene. That's where we meet Doctor Dan. Yeah. Um, and she tells him, you did this. Not yep. Riz Ahmed. Not you Carlton Drake. You. Which prompts him to, like, not, not, take, not, take, not take on the responsibility of owning up to his fuck-up. But he just goes on to make more problems. <laughs> well, he, his, I think his hubris got the best of him. I think that... I mean, it's really like Michael Moore at the end of Bowling for Columbine, where he just corners Charlton Heston is like I want you to apologize for Columbine basically I want you to apologize for the gun violence because it's your fault because you're head of the NRA mm-hmm. like he just like flat out he's like what about all these names like calling them out like you, you can't do that are you fucking kidding me you can't you can't do that and I mean it, they there is a line of dialogue spoken by like an extra or something later in the film later in the film yeah uh, saying that like oh oh Dr. Dan says it actually where Dr. Dan, when he meets Eddie Brock, uh, tells Michelle Williams that, oh, I'm a big fan of his. Like, he, he's the guy who took down all those people. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's like his reputation, is he's a takedown artist. He's a, he's a reporter that does that sort of thing. 
and I guess it just went bad this time. Yeah, you need to... <laughs> okay, so Jeff Bezos has never been accused of killing or, or having some kind of um, um, side project where people die. I'm still not going to accuse him of anything because I'll end up missing because he has enough money that I can just end up missing. Oh, I don't know where he went. It's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But I know what you mean, though, about his uh, his physicality in this performance. Um, it's funny. When I saw the early trailers for this movie, um, I felt like he was doing like a, a spin on his character from the movie Warrior. Which okay. I don't think you've seen. No. Um, the character in Warrior is supposed to be like a antisocial, just brute. Gotcha. That, uh, from Pittsburgh, and basically his shoulders are always hunched up around his ears, and he's got the the like the sidewalk <laughs> mm-hmm. where he just has to occupy the entire sidewalk when he's walking around. Um, and he has a weird speech pattern where it's kind of squeaky and like crack addicty, and I know Tom Hardy has had some run-ins with drugs in the past. Yeah. And I f- and I feel like he was channeling something in this performance because he does this shit really well. <laughs> he does. Um, and it is frustrating to watch sometimes, but when it's warranted, like when when the Venom stuff starts to happen, it is very interesting to watch because he really does look like a man who has a voice in his head that he can't silence. Okay, so let's let's talk about what we actually liked about the film. Like, sure. th- this is something that I liked about it is I like his I like his um, the inner monologue. Like he's having this inner monologue with. Um, I, I want to say something about the trailer though. I remember watching the trailer and I thought this was going to be stupid, a, a, a bit more stupid because of the dialogue. And he's like, "Well, why would we do that?" Like, mm-hmm. I thought he was reacting to himself, like doing this. Like he has no idea why he did it. But in the movie, he's actually talking to the Venom, and I actually like the back and forth between um, him and the in the Venom voice, um, mm. as well as his acting. Like in the the restaurant scene is good. I I thought that was I the restaurant was... scene is a highlight actually. Yeah, like he's excellent in that because he is totally out of control. And what amazes me is that not a single character in this movie asks him if he's on drugs. No, no one, <laughs> and, it, uh. and it's so like it. It's, it's communicated visually so strongly that like he's covered in sweat. He even says, "I'm hot." Is anyone else hot? Then <laughs> he starts taking off his clothes. <laughs> he's acting like what I would assume if somebody was to take acid and then smoke meth. Like you're hallucinating, <laughs> but you're also going to, uh, like just all over the place. Like that's what I would assume. This is like he's no, and there's some great lines in that scene, like when he bites the lobster and he says, "That is dead, <laughs> dead." <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that's when the movie started to kick in. I think it's when I stopped my my notes because I'm like, I like his sad sack drinking. Like he's 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 in San Francisco and he has this really nice apartment still, but he's I like how he's double fisting yeah. beers. Yeah, um, I gotta pump the brakes, man. Yeah, uh, logic. Mm-mm. So. So the mm-hmm. plot progression in this movie. Let me just map it out real quick. Um, you couldn't even afford to live in Oakland. <laughs> no fucking shit. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm about to explain why. Like, so the plot progression of this film. It starts, uh, like I said, very Predator-esque. Actually, it actually reminded me of like a, a good old-fashioned like B-monster movie. Like, like The Blob. Mm. Or something like that. Or, um, it, it begins with a shuttle crash. Uh, shuttle crashes in Malaysia. 
Um, it's hauling cargo, which happens to be the symbiotes, who, if you don't know, look like uh, puddles of goo in yeah. uh, glass, glass con- canisters. And there's a recovery crew. They, they go out to reclaim the, the goo canisters. Uh, we get we get some lip service paid to the comics, where uh, one of the astronauts is still alive. Uh, his name is Jameson, as in J. Jonah Jameson's son, uh, who would later become, I think, the man-wolf in the comics. Um, but yeah, in the in the comics and even in Spider-Man 3, um, he's a, J. Jonah Jameson's son is an astronaut. And uh, so they, they throw that out there. And uh, the main antagonist of the film is a rival symbiote by the name of Riot, uh, who... Inhabit, escaped from containment, latched onto Jameson, and then when they're driving him in an ambulance away from the crash site, jumps to a Chinese EMT driver. And uh, it remind it very much felt like the beginning of like a monster movie or like a zombie movie or something. Because before the opening yeah. title, the last shot is this lady like dragging her foot, like walking down an empty highway towards a population center. And so throughout the movie. Well, we cut back uh, to this riot symbiote body hopping from one person to another trying to get uh, to the Life Foundation headquarters in San Francisco where, where Eddie and Riz Ahmed and our main cast are. Um, the, the main thing that throws a monkey wrench into the logic of this film is that after the symbiotes are recovered and brought to the Life Foundation, so Riz Ahmed's headquarters, we get a six months later. Yeah. Six months later. So six months. So basically the day Eddie Brock gets himself fired, his fiance fired. That's the same day that the symbiotes arrive at the Life Foundation. We cut to six months later. He's still unemployed. Mm-hmm. Living in a nice apartment in San Francisco. No. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> no. Uh. I can tell you from living in Capitol Hill in a studio apartment, um, that's expensive in Seattle. Uh, yeah. If he had my studio in San Francisco, he still wouldn't be able to afford it with no job. Uh, he might have he saved up some money, but I'm going to go ahead and actually say he didn't because they were living in a, like, whatever the brownstone equivalent is in San Francisco, like, on the hill up like nice nice apartment like those are crazy expensive um, <laughs> crazy expensive <laughs> but yeah like he was un- unemployed for six months and what's what's even funnier though is that uh we cut back to the riot symbiote and the last time we see it before the six months is that it hops from the emt driver after she kills some people in china in, or malaysia um American actors, by the way, so I would not be surprised if that scene was shot in the U.S. Mm. Because uh, Roger Roger Yuan is one of the people that she kills. Uh, he's a Chinese actor that gets cast in a lot of uh, martial arts roles in mm. American films. He was in The Dark Knight. Uh, no, he was in Batman Begins, by the way. Um, he was he was the guy who checks the water and says uh, it's probably a compound that needs to be absorbed through the lungs. And then Do he's not gone. remember that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's in. Um, he's the he's... bad guy in Shanghai Noon. Exactly. There we go. Um, anyway, uh, so I wouldn't be surprised. Also, there's a I think a Korean fella, husky fella that was in Cradle to the Grave. He's also in that scene. So again, I think that may have actually been filmed in the U.S. Um, 
So the EMT driver, uh, the riot symbiote, jumps from her to an elderly woman. And then the last time we see the elderly woman, uh, yeah, six months pass. And then we see the old lady at an airport trying to get a ride to San Francisco. So it took her six months to find an airport, apparently. And also, the the symbiote is still in the old lady. Yeah. It's like, Which, why but, wouldn't it... Why the, wouldn't it be hopping around more? Well, at this point, if it's six, is this is six months later? Yeah, um, it's gonna look like Vincent D'Onofrio in Men in Black at this point because it would just be eating well, dead stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, according to the logic of the film, the symbiotes require like it's like an, an organ transplant, is mm-hmm. what Jenny Slate says. So they require a particular host in order to function properly. Yeah. And we see many examples of this where they try to latch on. They try to put a symbiote on a person and they die almost immediately in some cases, sometimes after a few days. And even in Eddie Brock's case, like he's starting to have like organ failure after being with Venom, who he's supposed to be like a perfect pair with. So, yeah, this lady should have been like Vincent D'Onofrio. She should have been like Edgar. So there's a couple of like the a couple of the fight scenes. I did that security guard. He was annoying. Like I'm glad he got the shit knocked out of him. Some, uh, but there's a couple. What was that movie that you had me watch? We were gonna possibly do yeah, it. Yeah, uh, upgrade. Upgrade. There's a few upgrade moments where he's like just moving out of the way, whoop, doing this, and it, that guy actually looks like Tom Hardy too. Yeah, um, Logan Marshall Green. Um, yeah, uh, I had Kyle watch Upgrade in the hopes of maybe doing an episode on it, but we both kind of agreed that's like i don't know if we have enough to say about this no. but part it's of the reason why i wanted to watch it when we watched it was because venom hadn't come out yet mm. and i was seeing some similarities between the two yeah um so yes for those of you out there listening we have seen upgrade we know there are similarities we don't need to be reminded about that yes we know that um <laughs> so yeah so what what did you like about this movie if anything um not much. <laughs> um, there were many things that I was prepared to like, but I just couldn't give it to it. Uh, the special effects were mostly disappointing for me. Um, I was, I was actually disappointed. Like it's actually Tom Hardy's voice that is the Venom voice. Mm-hmm. Keith David. Just <laughs> you could have just done Keith David kind of growling a little bit. Like it would have been so because it kind of sounded like Keith David a little bit. Um, I mean, they put some heavy modulation on yeah. it. But um, I, I get what they're doing with it, where it's like, I think uh, Riot, his voice is also done by Riz Ahmed. So the idea is that the symbiote borrows yeah. something from you, which I'm fine with. And yeah. I think he did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the, the modeling, like Venom looks okay, but he doesn't blend with the environment very well. Like, his interactions with other human characters are extremely limited and never quite look convincing. Uh, like, that fight with the SWAT guys, mm-hmm. just it it looks like a, a cartoon character throwing around other cartoon characters. Like, it never really feels like there's something in the room. It felt like a Mega Predator. I'm actually going to look up what we're doing. Actually, yeah, very similar to the, the Mega Predator uh, it, tossing people around at the end of that movie. It moved very similar. I want to see if anybody if there's some overlapping with the uh, cast and crew. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if like some of the modelers or composite artists were the same. Um, but yeah, like the look of Venom is fine. Um, I need to point out uh, it is forty minutes 
before the Venom symbiote is even introduced to the film, mm-hmm. and and it is one hour before we we see him suit up in proper, and then fi- and then fifteen minutes later is the first time we see Riot in full as well. Um, yeah. Speaking of design, though, uh, <laughs> I did say there is a, a Spider-Man shaped hole in this in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most obnoxious things for me is that. You know what's really missing from this design, this character design? What? The spider insignia. Yeah, there's no venom. Yeah, there's no venom. There's no. There's no white spider on his chest, and it it hurts it. Like it really hurts it because it just does not look right. Um, and the white patches on his uh, the upside of his palms. Ooh. In the comics, that was always a good design element as well. But yeah, just that, just that one element missing just looks so lame to me. I can I, I have a theory on why they left it out um, I think that if they were to ever can to bring this into the Marvel Universe or uh, mash this in with Spider-Man um, that gives you an opportunity to like have him be bad and then whip him into shape make him be good and then give him a suit that has that venom that white spider on it that, that little logo uh, I don't I don't know exactly what the reasoning is it may be a copyright situation like probably it, it may be a, it's probably a right situation where probably. because there's joint custody of the character they don't have complete control mm-hmm. over the aesthetics of it like no because that's how yes, you sell stuff yeah but holy shit it it was so distracting to me because he he just looks like a big black thing with with white eyes and teeth like think about he the just looks so dull because they don't have that emblem, the, the the venom thing, you can't sell T-shirts, so that that hurts your merchandising. So oh, yeah. they're like, yeah, hey, yeah, you venom can make and the, the venom and the Punisher logo are like, I mean, you got to sell T-shirts, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> and that's how they did. Like, oh yeah, you can make a venom movie. Go ahead. Yeah, you're not getting the logo though. That's ours. You're not getting that. Nobody gets. And that. to me, it it really jumped out as something that was. I didn't even notice that. It was it was a problem for me because I, I was like that. that character design looks so boring because it's not a character design, it's just a big veiny black thing that like it doesn't have any creative license attached to it. It's just a thing. Well, I wanna I wanna shift gears into um, we've we've talked about what we what what I liked and what you very vaguely liked Tom Hardy's performance. I would say Tom probably. Tom Tom Hardy doing his crackhead shtick mm-hmm. is entertaining as fuck. Yeah, like, it's really. I, good. I I I thought it was incredible. Like yeah. I I really liked watching him, especially when he first shows up at his apartment, mm-hmm. and he's just That's like absent mindedly putting things in his mouth and like opening and closing the freezer door. I was like, man, mm-hmm. he is, he's doing something with this. That's really awesome. And he does look like shit in this movie. Like he looks gross and sick the whole time. Um, one thing he's that, very sweaty. <laughs> one thing that they started to do, which I appreciated, but. Like, they just didn't go far enough. The gore. Um, he bites yeah. a couple heads off. I'm like, oh, they let him do that. I'm like, well, if you're not going to be a part of the Marvel Universe, if you're not going to be a part of the other movies, just go with it. Just have him be fucking brutal. Like, that would be kind of fun. And that was something I think they they started to do but didn't didn't go all the way with. I th- See, I didn't have too much of a problem with that. Yeah. Um, it is kind of funny though because I mean you said this guy did Zombieland. I'm assuming yeah. that's a pretty violent movie. Um, it ha- <laughs> well it's 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 violent but it's dark comedy violent. 
um, there's a, a scene where um, somebody gets shot in the chest, and <laughs> it's really funny, but um, it 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 it's just blood, just like a lot of fake blood. It's not super gory or anything. Okay, well, because <clears throat> the the opening of this movie and certain scenes later on, like when uh, Isaac the uh, the guy from the street that they bring in is a human test to try to put a symbiote on him. Yes. Um, the scene where they try to do that and they know full well that it's probably not going to work and he's probably going to die um, in like an R-rated movie that could have been very horrifying yeah and and it is actually like for a kid that, that scene was pretty intense but that and like the opening with like the shuttle crash and like the body hopping alien mm-hmm. felt like a monster movie and it felt like you know, th- there could have been a version of this movie that was very gory and, and very explicit with the violence and the gore and stuff. Um, I didn't have too much of a problem with it in this, especially since uh, <clears throat> Tom Hardy, the way he, the way he plays Eddie Brock is that uh, he doesn't really want to indulge in the violence. Um, it's mostly brought on by the Venom symbiote uh, taking hold of him and just doing it on his oh, behalf he's doing like John Connor like you do, you just can't go around killing people yeah the whole time he's he's kind of resistant to the idea of it uh, man that motorcycle chase was really lousy yeah uh, the green screen is so bad I like the pacing when he goes into when she gets him into the building like I like that that sequence was pretty good um, that was pretty good I like that but, yeah that motorcycle chase is really ugly to look at the, uh, I think I even wrote like like Drones, we're fucking doing drones. Like, I know really. it's so Dro- many- not only drones, but drones that their objective is to crash into you and explode. It's Who the dr- fuck designs a drone to do that? It's it's drone. It's a drone commercial. I'm assuming Sony has some kind of drone. Yeah, actually, by the way, kind of funny to see that uh, his his fiance has a Apple laptop, not a mm. Vio. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, although um, when he escapes from the apartment, and that scene was very upgrade esque by the way. Oh, very much, um, yeah. Uh, when he escapes from the apartment and he swings to the, the nearby... Well, he goes through someone else's window. Yeah. Um, the guys who are in the living room are all playing a PS4. <laughs> yeah, they are all playing a PS4. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that motorcycle chase... Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but the, uh, the colored lighting and the light blooms in this movie got a little out of control for me. There's yeah, just it it's it's a very blue movie, and it yes. was really it was really starting to bug me towards the end, especially because there's that scene where we get Lady Venom. Where, oh uh, yeah, they're they're in she the woods hot. and it is just completely washed with blue. Yeah, she's pretty hot, uh, Lady Venom. Yeah, Lady Venom worked for me. Um, yeah, <laughs> Lady Venom for me. apparently was in the comics. Uh, I think it was just like a brief thing. It wasn't a recurring character or anything like that. Yeah, but but yeah, that that there's a lot of blue in this movie. Even the drone explosions are like bright blue. Um, so I mean, from here, like he's just kind of venoming around. They killed Jenny Slate. Uh, yeah, so I'm they, surprised. Uh, I was actually. One of those. I mean, she probably had like three other things going on, so they probably had her on set for like two days. Yeah, um, but I'm. Um, I appreciate that they're like, okay, we'll kill her. It's fine. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, after what she did, 
I mean, if you want to show that your bad guy's a bad guy, he has to kill her. But, but it, there's no weight to it. That's the thing. It's just like, her dying's not a big deal. And he's not even like... I'm trying to think of like what I could compare his performance to. Like he's just not menacing at all. Um, uh, what's that movie? Um, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Like the guy who's playing the bad guy in there, the the short guy, um, the guy watching soccer in that movie. That's like, no, okay. I'm not gonna. Um, he's not menacing. He's supposed to be scary, but it's just not. It's just not going over well. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know much about Riz Ahmed. Uh, his agent is really good. I'll give him mm-hmm. that uh, yeah. because he was in Jason Bourne, uh, Rogue One, yeah, and this. So his agent is really working for him. Yeah. But of those three movies, I haven't liked him in any of them. He's in Nightcrawler. I, oh, is he his buddy? Yeah, I haven't his seen little it. Buddy, I haven't seen it. Okay, but I've, okay, I've heard, okay. I've heard good things. He, he's good in that. Um, but the other three that I listed, he's either not even worth noting or in the case of Rogue One kind of obnoxious he's in girls <laughs> oh of Another, well more girls maybe, alone maybe, maybe he and Jenny Slate know each other very possible um yeah it's I just I, I, I haven't been crazy about the villain casting as of lately in uh, these movies um Idris Elba yeah he, I mean Idris Elba is going to have a, a villain turn coming up soon. Um, is he? Because he was the uh, bad guy in that first you... Thor movie. In what now? Was he the? Wasn't he the bad guy in the first Thor movie? No, that was Tom Hiddleston. No, he's been a consistent good guy in the Thor movies. Oh, I thought he was the bad guy. Maybe it's the lenses. No, I think he, they just, had, he like... just he just looks evil. Um, I think it's the lenses they had in there. Yeah, he's grave, but he's not evil. Um. Yeah, he's going to be the bad guy in uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, it's a Fast and Furious spinoff starring The Rock and Jason oh. Statham. I'm hey, fine. I I would I very know. much like to see Idris Elba punch The Rock. I mean, don't you want to see that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. I think you're I think you're underestimating how scary Idris Elba can be. Uh, I think he could. Go well, that's why I phrased it: darker. Idris Elba punching. The Rock. Also, there's a movie. Um, I don't know if it ever came out. I haven't bothered to check up on it. But like a couple years ago, uh, Idris Elba was uh, training as a kickboxer. Oh, really? And, and I guess he actually had uh, a legit fight at some point. Uh, but the reason he was doing it was, well, one, he enjoyed it, but also because he was doing a movie about Frank Bruno, uh, who was a uh, British boxer slash kickboxer. Okay. Uh, from the 90s um, popular in the UK not very popular here mostly known for getting knocked out by Mike Tyson but mm. I don't know if that movie ever came out but I'd be curious to look it up someday Trevor anyway everybody got about knocked. other shit <laughs> everybody got knocked out by Mike Tyson Dude, yeah what? I mean it, it was it was the 90s it happened not a big deal <laughs> um, so yeah we're kind of ramp tell the people Trevor, tell the people what the end game is for both of these people. Both okay, so of, both Venom and what's the other guy's name? Riot. Riot, yes. Uh, so, it needs to be said, these symbiotes in this movie, by the way, only in this movie, actually state 
that their names are Venom and Riot. Mm-hmm. These are not nicknames. Venom, yeah. Venom is talking face to face with Tom Hardy and says, "Hi, Eddie. My yeah. name is Venom." Yeah, it's like that's weird. Yeah. I didn't realize you guys spoke English in symbiote world. <laughs> um, and yeah, similarly, Riot is in fact named Riot. It's like who who the fuck names their kid Riot? Yeah. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> Anyway, um, we haven't done a very good job explaining the plot of this movie, but the movie doesn't do a very good job either. Yeah, <laughs> so, I um, so I had mentioned that there's a, a symbiote from the crash site that's been trying to make its way back to the Life Foundation headquarters. And the reason it wants to do this is apparently it wants to go back up into space, so it needs a shuttle, and the Life Foundation has a shuttle. So it wants... it meaning Riot wants to go into space so it can go back to the planet of the symbiotes and uh, herald their return. So he wants to bring a legion of symbiotes to invade Earth, basically. Um, I don't exactly know how that works, being as their compatibility with humans doesn't... No. Isn't isn't a guaranteed thing. And not only that, like they're, they can't survive without a host. It's like us trying to go to Mars. Like, yeah, we want to go up there because we can uh, breathe better. But wait, you can't breathe at all on Mars. I mean, we can yeah, breathe for like There's two just some minutes. guy in the back that just keeps putting his finger up going... Yeah, no. And by the time... By the time someone even thinks about pointing at him, they've already launched the rocket. <laughs> uh, um, so but yeah, Riot, Riot wants to get on a shuttle. And so the end of his journey has him inhabiting a little girl yes let's get to that real quick which makes no fucking sense because one little little girl with alien inside it at an airport her parents would be freaking the fuck out (laughs) yeah um so this this little girl little blonde girl uh gets bought gets hijacked in malaysia on a plane to san francisco uh this little girl is seen walking on her own into a taxi cab mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Again, uh, child with parents. How the fuck? How the fuck did she escape? Didn't ta- taxis should be like payphones at this point? Who's still <laughs> using taxis? Uh, uh, apparently, San Francisco. Jesus, they don't have Uber or Lyft or public transportation like bus, <laughs> light rail, Amtrak, anything. Okay. Oh yeah, my, no, my point is yeah. this is a child unattended. That just came from an airport. I don't think, I don't think the likelihood of them being able to slip by unnoticed would be very high. Even the cab driver would probably be like, uh, "Where's mom and dad?" Do you know how many times I've had my phone up and ready to go when I see like if I see like a kid running around? I'm like, I don't see an adult. Like I'm gonna call the cops. Like I, I think this kid might have gotten away two times. Yeah. I've been about to do that and like, oh, they were just way further down the sidewalk. I just. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So no, what I, I find... An unattended child in a, in a big city is very likely to be noticed, especially yeah. a little blonde girl with, like, a bow in her hair and shit. Yeah, and the other thing that's just as unbelievable, how she... How Riot gets a hold of... Um, what's his... I want to... I the character's name in the movie. Carlton Drake. Uh, Carlton Drake. How he gets a hold of Carlton Drake is... Yeah, how the fuck? <laughs> he's just... He's walking around, no security guards, no assistant. He's just, like, it's nighttime. He's not going to be there at night. Um, unless he's in, like, the room with everybody at, with, at the computers, like, did you find it now? Have you found it yet? No. Like, enemy of the state, basically, where he's just like, we have to find Tom Hardy and we have to find uh, the goo. 
Um, he's just walking around like just through his halls, and he's like, "How did you get in here, little girl? Like, where did how? Now, yeah. how indeed? Great question. Where's your assistant? You have to have an assistant if you're that rich running a company. You have an assistant next to you at all times. No shit. And what's more, not only his he's not just wandering the halls of his building. He's in the sealed off lab area, like the ultra top secret lab area that I'm sure. I am sure you need at least a key card to get into. Yeah, at absolutely. Least. At least a key card. She walks in like a like it's a. She mall. just walks in. She walks in. But and yeah, again, he doesn't have any security. He has no one around him, and he's wandering the most secretive part of his building. And this little fucking girl just walks up to him, and I would, I would start running. <laughs> also, yeah, he's like a billionaire, and she, she he allows this child to just reach out and touch him. It's <laughs> like whoa, 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 whoa! I don't want a kid that I know touch me. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you seriously, I don't, I don't want your kid germs. Fuck wash, that! Wash your fucking hands. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Riot takes a hold of him, and I, I kind of like where he just is like, fuck it, I'm not. <laughs> he gets taken over, and he's in that room with all the guys basically, and they're looking for Tom Hardy on the drones, I guess, and something happens where he's just like nope fuck it I'm turning <laughs> uh, and he just becomes riot and then the well, movie is count. it's like countdown from there dude I told you 40 minutes Venom Venom attaches to Eddie one hour Venom appears in Ernst one hour 15 riot appears in Ernst and v- riot's first appearance is kind of goofy because uh, it's actually like an interrogation scene where they capture Tom Hardy and this is it's almost like a romantic comedy format where uh, Eddie and uh, Venom have a fight and they have mm-hmm. to break up so they can get back together again at the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Dan uses a... Uh, no. Um, Michelle Williams like uses an MRI machine that, in case you didn't know, uh, symbiotes have problems with loud noises and fire. That was the one thing I was going to ask you about. So I know about the loud noises. That's That's pretty common i I know that about spider-man 3 you've seen yeah um but i I knew that before uh but the thing i was going to ask about was fire is that true is that part of the comics okay okay yeah um this movie should have gotten a standing ovation by the way it is an hour and 52 minutes just shy of two hours good job just shy of two hours in the year 2018 that's pretty rare <laughs> that's in that's fascinating i think you could do it <laughs> you could do a documentary about how they cut venom to an hour and 52 minutes <laughs> <laughs> i'd watch it it's like give it an extra half star on your rating just for being just Under, for not wasting two hours of your day. Exactly, because even if you don't like it, it's not two hours of your time. Like you don't even need to, you don't even need to pee during this. I think it's like closer to an hour forty-five if you cut out all the credits. Very possible, yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's this part where they detach the Venom symbiote from Eddie because they're having a fight, like I said, and uh, it latches onto a Pomeranian. Mm. So Eddie is without Venom when when he's captured by Carlton Drake, and uh, Carlton. It's never really explicitly stated why Riot needs Venom or wants Venom. Um, I think it's uh, kind of like the Predator. Uh, you've got a dude who's okay. So that that was the thing. Let's. I wanted to get into the motivations. Like you said, they want to like come inhabit this earth or some shit like that. And Venom legit has just been hanging out with Eddie. 
And he's like, we have to stop him. He's like, why? He's like, well, I'm in love with you, basically, is what he yeah, tells. Yeah, he says, he says, you know, I kind of like you here. And he's like, why? He's like, because you. you. I like you. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the Predator where, spoiler alert, the Predator is trying to stop this mass, like, extermination that the Predators are going to come do to humans. Same thing here. He's just like, I don't want him to do it, and I don't want to do it either, so we got to stop him. Yeah, but Riot wouldn't know that. <laughs> oh no so he just thinks that venom's insubordinate and he just so wants is it, it like jungle law where it's like he's on the run so i have to smash him pretty much yeah <laughs> okay i'll go i guess I'll, I'll go with that i mean that's sure, the best they, I I they seem like a pretty barbaric society sure that's the best i, I don't I have a problem do. with that it's but yeah um so when riz ahmed is interrogating eddie he's th- riot through him is demanding that he he Manifest Venom. Show me Venom. It's like, I don't have uh, him. He's like, I don't know. I don't have him. <laughs> and then we get a, a, a brief moment where uh, Riz Ahmed shouts at him and Riot comes out in, in full and just says, like, give me Venom! Yeah. <laughs> and it's just for, like, two seconds. It's like, ah! You went all demon face on me for a second. Um, he also, he says that Riot has a lot more bells and whistles. Like, he's got more gadgets and ways to hurt you they're kind of like t-1000s they can like turn like he can turn his hand into a sword i think they can do probably like hammer fist um they also have a bit of a group going on where they can just turn their arm that, and that, that was tacky i know because there's really no reason why venom shouldn't be able to do that too um but if I, the characters already look too similar when they're when they're wrestling yeah it's kind of like Transformers disease, where the character designs are too similar, and they're they have too many moving parts, where the CGI starts to turn into just a blob of color. You can't really tell the, you can't make out the fine details because there's too many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just a way to differentiate the two. Um, but yeah, Riot has blade arms and shit, and like you said, so now we're getting to the climax, I guess. Yeah. Where, uh, this is after Lady Venom. So the way yeah. Lady Venom comes about is a uh, uh, Venom latches onto a Pomeranian, and then we get a goofy scene where Michelle Williams sees the Pomeranian and it, mm-hmm. it gives her like a bit of demon face, and she just has this like <sighs> look on her face. <laughs> and then we cut away, and then she shows up later to save Eddie, and she's wearing the Venom symbiote. So it's like, hold the phone, lady. You just. You just let that thing invade your body and you're okay with it? And by the way, Isaac, Isaac didn't even last like five seconds with a symbiote. He, yeah, they, he died. They it's were like, about. There's a very high likelihood that that could have happened to you too. Yeah, they're about to Maximus him in the woods, basically. Uh, oh, no joke. Like, that, that's kind of the vibe I got. <laughs> like, that, that's what's going to happen next. Um. You know who was gonna? Uh, I just remembered Tony Curran from uh, Underworld, and he's in Blade Two. Uh, he's the he's the one that uh, gets his head sliced in Blade Two. The oh, the oh. Irish guy with the red hair. Yeah, yeah. He's the one that's gonna uh, do the the warriors the the soldiers' death to uh, Maximus oh, in that movie. No shit. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I, 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 that hadn't occurred to me. It's just he has one. He has a very recognizable face for me. Like I'm like, oh, that's that's him. Um, but yeah, so they have their, like, she passes off the Venom to him. Um, again, super sexy Venom lady. Um, he leaves, and now they have to stop 
um, Riot from yeah. doing what? I don't understand what was happening in this. <laughs> so this is what you had referenced earlier. Um, by the way, uh, the Life Foundation control room. Those desks? Cheapest fucking set I've ever seen. Pretty bad. Like, like ah. Uh, in fact, I'm going to check the budget on this movie. Spared no expense. Except yes, for desks. Yes, you did. <laughs> Except like, for the desks. Um, yeah, uh, Mr. Hammond, you might want to invest in some better desks for your employees, because holy shit. Yeah, what yeah, was the it, budget? It was $100 million. That's it? Well, 100 to $116 million. That's That's not cheap, dude. Well, no, but compared to like how much is the like the first Avengers movie? That's probably like two hundred or something. Two hundred and fifty million dollars, <laughs> and half yeah. of that goes to Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, and you have to double that for advertising, by the way. Ugh. Um, but yeah, the the, <laughs> the setup it's supposed to look like a you know a shuttle launch control room, but you know how like in Apollo thirteen and stuff like everything's like tiered it's like staggered it look it yeah. looks like heavy and industrial and like Armageddon yeah, yeah you know it, it has a look to it where it's like everything has weight to it and like the computers are beefy these are just like standing desks that have all been like set to the same height and are completely like hollow they have no drawers they have nothing <laughs> yeah um and like like you had said uh they're planning the shuttle launch and they're doing like diagnostics and then Carlton Drake just walks in. He's like, "Nah, fuck that. We're just launching it." And the guy mm-hmm. the guy beside him's like, "Hang on, what?" <laughs> so he just does the the IT guy move and then he shoves him aside and he starts the launch and it sets a 5-minute uh, countdown. Ooh, and then five minutes. for no real reason, uh Reza Med riots the fuck out yeah, and no starts swinging blades and like knocks all the shit off all the desks and presumably kills everyone kind of a predator kind of the yeah. predator in that uh when he escapes from the lab except you know not like one tenth is cool because that was that was actually a legit awesome that was scene. bitching <laughs> yes, that was great um but yeah he he runs out to this catwalk that leads to the shuttle so he's trying to get onto the shuttle basically that's his objective riot yeah. wants onto the shuttle venom comes down from the woods from the maximus woods and uh, pops onto the catwalk in front of him and says, Nah, we're going to fight. Yep. And uh, in in uh, screenwriting terms, they fight. <laughs> it's, like, you, it's like a whole page of the screenplay. It just says, they fight. Have you seen two CGI characters fight? That's what it is. It's just... Yeah, it's, it's a couple minutes of they fight. Um, it, it's a nothing little skirmish. Um, the choreography of it is actually troubling. Like, it's actually kind of lousy if you mm-hmm. ask me yeah. because and this is another design element to venom that is sorely missing from this film uh, i mean so he's able to manifest appendages from every part of his body we've seen him do that it looks fine i guess um one thing that venom does in the comics and in most interpretations of the character is he inherited the web shooters from spider-man Mm. He has webbing. He swings. He creates webs. It's kind of intrinsic to the character. He does not have any webbing in this movie. And if you look at even the older Spider-Man movies, part of what what makes the action hold up in some regards is the web swinging, is the the verticality. It adds dimension to the things that the characters can do. They can displace and they move. They're very agile. But this catwalk fight is restricted to the catwalk. 
<laughs> so it's it's it a very narrow is. workspace. And it's like this is entirely done in CGI. Yeah. You can do anything. Well, and these characters just keep it's like two trucks slamming into each other over and over and over again. You're in San Francisco. I mean, the the third X-Men movie, um Golden Gate Bridge is right the fuck over there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like even Ian, Terminator Gen Weiss did that. Ian McKellen's like we're going to I'm like he breaks the bridge and gives them a bridge over to Alcatraz. Like that's that's pretty bitching. Like it's right there. Why don't you have the fight on Golden? Like wires are snapping. Yeah. And the bridge is like rumbling or, and stuff. You know, I'm gonna shoot my web at a car and fucking throw it at you. <laughs> Something. But um, what's his face? Uh, Riot ends up. Um, they hear a noise, and uh, because Riot is stronger, he's able to maintain a connection to his host, whereas Venom gets spit out, and then he stabs Tom Hardy, and we're like, oh no, he's dead, it's probably, he's probably going to die. Um, he yeah, doesn't, this, of course. <coughs> this actually uh, reminded me of the first Iron Man movie. It suffers from, um, what would I call this? Uh, we need to have the woman do something disease. <laughs> Where, uh, yeah, that's in the first Iron true. Man movie, if you remember the climax, um, yeah, Pepper Potts, uh, she she's just kind of there to flip a switch um, because a switch needs to be... Because we have, we have Gwyneth Paltrow, we don't know what the fuck to do with her, but mm-hmm. she's got to do something, otherwise, you know, people are going to bitch about it. Yeah. So it's like, uh have her throw a switch and sure enough that's what they do in venom where it's like michelle williams you know again critically acclaimed actress can't seem to go a year without being nominated for something yeah Uh, it's like ah we got her it's like ah what what can we do like how can she participate in this fight it's like uh we'll have her turn up the speakers and make a noise and it'll like it'll like hurt her boyfriend and the monster (laughs) so she like creates a problem <laughs> but that's her sole contribution to this finale yeah is she turns a dial at like two miles away from the actual fight um so one of the one of the special effects that was actually kind of interesting to look at uh, was uh when riot and venom were fighting each other in the second phase of the fight uh they start to like you said start to like come apart from each other mm-hmm. and so we get these shots where the symbiotes are like inside of and outside they're like re- enveloped in each other they're like mm-hmm. intertwined and uh we can see that the actors are present as well so like Riz Ahmed and Tom Hardy are also fighting while the symbiotes are fighting as well and it just has an interesting look to it um again though the choreography's it leaves a lot to be desired um but yeah like you said uh it all ends with a Tom Hardy getting impaled by a, a riot what's it yeah and, and then uh, Venom comes up through a grate and because Venom is the I win button <laughs> um, yeah. in, instantly heals him and then uh, Riot gets onto the shuttle and huh now that I think about it this whole fight didn't have to happen he could have just wait till he was on the shuttle and then blown it up because yeah mm-hmm. he, he uses the same object that was put through his chest to uh, cut the cut the fuel stores of the shuttle and uh, it bursts into flames and explodes he dies he gets a little burnt uh, venom gets yeah, a little uh, burnt yeah venom makes a makes himself into a parachute to try to save eddie uh, who falls into the water and it's implied 
in implied scene, it's implied that venom burns and dies yeah um <coughs> to there was a a little subplot oh not subplot i guess a little bit um he has this um uh convenience store lady that he talks to where he's getting his meals and his beer, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, he gets everything there. <laughs> from that little bodega. Yeah, he's just buying stuff from there. And he has a back and forth with the lady that works there. It's cute. Um, but Yeah, when she, was, she was fun. I like her. When he's there the first time, she gets... Um, she gets... It's not robbed. It's more like sh- uh, it's more like a shakedown. Like when mafia yeah. guys go into a place. Except he has to pull out a gun. The mafia guys don't have to pull out a gun. You see this guy; he doesn't want you to have the money. He wants to come back there and break your legs. Like they don't need the gun. But this guy, he just comes in. He's like, "Give me the money! Don't make me pull out the gun! I'm gonna pull out the gun! Give me the money!" And then she kind of shame. Like he leaves, and then Tom Hardy just kind of hides while this is happening. And then he comes up, and she's like, kind of shames him a little bit. Like, why? Why didn't you help me? Like, why didn't you do something? I didn't interpret. I didn't interpret she, it as that. Um, I actually really liked the line that she said to him. What did she uh, say I wrote to him? Down. She says uh, they just give each other a look because, like, you know, he he knows that, you know, if I was a stronger person, I would have done something, and I feel sorry for you, blah, blah, blah. Mm. They give each other a look, and she just says to him, um, life hurts, Eddie. It just does. Mm. I um, thought she said. I like I liked that line. I thought she said, that hurts, Eddie. I thought she was oh. saying that hurts. That that's oh. she was like, why didn't you do um, something? By the way, there's a there's a line that gets repeated at least three times in this film. It's uh, "Have a nice life." Mm. Um, so when Eddie is fired, uh, no, uh, when Carlton Drake says goodbye to Eddie after the the botched interview, uh, he says, "Have a nice life." Uh, when uh, Michelle Williams dumps him in the beginning of the movie, "Have a nice life." When Venom kills Riot, have a nice life. Um, so yeah. Screenwriting! <laughs> so it seems like at the end, Tom Hardy has a job, maybe, but he's back in... Maybe not. He's back in the bodega getting... Um, no, he, he has a job. He, um, he has a debriefing with Michelle Williams on her stoop. Mm. Um, um, they, it's implied that... She's still with Dr. Dan, by the way. Oh, um, yeah. But they talk, they're, they're buddy-buddy... Um, he apparently has an interview lined up, which is the scene that you missed. It's the post credits. Mm, yeah. I missed so um, during during the film, uh, by the way, the way he gets his job back is uh, uh, before the the SWAT fight that we mentioned. Uh, the reason the SWAT fight happens is because he goes back to his old office, and he he leaves his cell phone on his boss's desk. Uh, the cell phone contains photos of Carlton Drake's facility, like the test subjects. Oh, yeah. So forgot about that. It, so it, basically it, the boss uses the information to write a story or something, and I guess it, somehow through the magic of screenwriting or whatever, Eddie gets his job back. Yeah. And apparently has a interview lined up of some import. And uh, when he's talking to Michelle Williams, though, uh, Venom's voice pops up. Mm. So without explanation, it's just like, oh, he's not dead. <laughs> But she isn't aware of that. No. Um, and which brings us to the market. Yeah, uh, he's in the bodega. The dude comes back. And, uh, of course, we're like, okay, oh, cool. he's going to still go say something. He goes and says something. And then he he bites the dude's head off, does he not? He does. Uh, this then, is the uh, infamous turd in the wind scene. He, uh, it's in the trailer for the film. Um, it is, yes. So the the last scene in the movie is in the trailer. <laughs> um 
It's like, I'll bite your arms and legs off, and then your head, and then you'll roll down a hill, and you'll be a turd in the wind. Um, and then, yeah, he does, in fact, bite his head off in her store. That would be messy, man. There is no <laughs> mess. He's not even in the store when he walks out. He bites his head off and then leaves. There's no there's no blood. There's nothing in that store. There's I nobody mean, on the floor. E- everything's, like, framed from here upward, so... I'm sure there's a mess there. We just there can't see it. Is a mess, but no. When he walks out, they show him full body walking out. Unless I'm no, I mean the, the dead scene. body. No, what I'm saying is <laughs> they show Tom Hardy walking out full frame. Like they show yeah. him all legs and everything. Oh, and I well, look that's back just a con- that's just a continuity gaff then. Yeah, big time. Oh yeah, be, no, there'd be blood there, everywhere. Oh, oh man, there, there'd be gallons. Yeah. Just everywhere. And Miss poor Miss Chen, he didn't even stick around to help clean up. Just Nope. All you got to do is get a mop, man. Like, you, you buy everything else here. You know she has a mop in the back. Like, so, yeah, I think that, I think we should be expecting a uh, new, uh, another Venom movie if there's a mid-credits scene, which I'm going to um, watch here in a minute. By the way, uh, the, uh, the guy, the guy at the end, um, the gentleman who is holding up Mr. Uh, Mrs. Chen, <laughs> um... Sam Medina. Um, I don't know if you've seen him before. Nope. He is having a moment. I mean, he only plays these kinds of roles, like tough, tough, heavy roles, basically. Mm-hmm. But in the past, maybe three, four years, he is getting work. Is he? Hmm. I mean, he has a look to him, for sure. And, uh, I mean, the, they're both terrible. The kickbox, the new, the new kickboxer movies. Um, He's he can deliver a speech like he's a pretty decent orator, um, but yeah he's been popping up in a lot of high profile roles lately and it's kind of interesting because first I was seeing him in like direct to video stuff and then I start seeing him in bigger and bigger bigger films and it's like holy shit it's like he's he's getting places <laughs> um, but yeah the post credit scene um, I don't know do you want me to spoil it for you I don't know I want to see it oh well then I'll let you watch it okay. Uh, but yeah, post credits is where you find your Woody Harrelson. That's and what I your, want. And your uh, sequel baiting. Yeah, that's what I want to see. I want to see the the Woody Harrelson. Yeah, um, it's it's a nothing little scene, but um, again, if I was an investor in the film, I'd be very pleased that it's in there uh, because it's you know it's marketing, it's marketing for the next thing that we aren't even sure is going to happen. But this movie made quite a bit of money. It'll happen uh, again. Oh, it made a lot of money, actually. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if there's a sequel. I don't really know how they'll do a sequel. They, they need to get that emblem back. Uh, and then They really do. Like, I mean, I didn't even really like this movie that much, but just from a design standpoint, like to me, it's really important. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it makes a difference. Well, I'm just talking about merchandising. Like, you can If they made that much money without the symbol, like if you can have the symbol for the next movie... Yeah. Well, and just every just so much of this film is just lacking in so many ways. Like, I know I know I always bring this up, but uh, even from a musical standpoint, um, and this is something that actually made me think of like early two thousands comic book movies, like Daredevil, and uh, like not the first X Men, but like the Fantastic Four movies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a decent amount of licensed music in this movie. And it feels very cheap. Mm. It feels very. We need to. 
we need to create an audience for this movie because we don't have enough confidence that it'll find one for itself. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, let's get Eminem to do a song for the movie. Oh my god, I forgot about. Oh, dude. So <laughs> I am not what you'd call an Eminem fan. I I couldn't care less. Um, but he's one of the most successful and famous rap artists of of all time. I would say. Oh, easily. Um, as soon as the end credits kicked in, the venom, 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 venom. <laughs> I started laughing. I started laughing so hard. I'm like, oh my god, Eminem, just stop, stop doing what you're doing, stop Dude, doing uh, stuff. Funny story. Um, I went to see that Real Steel movie in the theater with my brother. Um, it's not as bad as you'd expect. It's not very good, but it's not that bad. Um, there, there's a decent amount of Eminem music in that movie. Um, very clearly in there to appeal to very, very young people. Um, I was embarrassed in the theater. Like, I was, like, doing this in my seat, like, just trying to get low. <laughs> so I was like, oh, shit, like, this is not good. <laughs> and, See, yeah, when, when, when the end credits music came up in this one, I was like, oh, I better turn the volume down. My neighbors are going to think I'm a shithead. (laughs) Eminem stopped being cool when he stopped having a sense of humor in his, in his songs. Like he used to be like kind of clowny and funny and I miss happy rap. (laughs) Exactly. And then he just got way too serious after eight mile came out. I think that's what did it after eight mile came out. He, he got super serious. And now he's like really aggressive. Like what happened to clown? What happened to the clown Eminem? He was fun. (laughs) He used to say stupid things, but it was it was really well put together. He, um, he lost yeah. his smile. Oh my gosh! But yeah, the t- presence of licensed music in a fictional universe movie always feels wrong to me, like because never for a moment do I believe that the inv- the Avengers inhabit the same Earth that I do. Mm. And sure enough, you don't really hear you don't hear like too much licensed music except for like Guardians of the, the John, Galaxy, John Favreau like Iron Man movies with like ACDC Ugh. and yeah, the guardians of the galaxy movies, but it's a part of the story though. That, but that's, yeah, that's a part of the story. Yeah. So to me, whenever you hear licensed music, just like arbitrarily thrown into like a montage or something, it feels cheap as fuck. Cause that, it, I get what you're doing. You're trying to save money. You're trying to do cross promotion. And, and it's no, it's no surprise being as Sony does is a music label. And in fact, the composer of this film is Ludwig Göransson, who's a. He works on a lot of hip hop tracks. He composes the music, mm. so he works with a lot of big labels. So you've heard his music without knowing it, probably many times. Um, That'd be he's my also own. the composer of the Creed movies and Black Panther, Madison. all of which have excellent scores. This movie, I can't remember a single goddamn melody. That's actually we were talking about Blade Two. Um, that's my only criticism with that movie is some of the music in there. I like the music in the first one because it's like '90s techno. Uh, oh yeah, dance music, and that's what makes those scenes. Those, makes those scenes fun where he's fighting because they have that, um, like that techno music over, over it. But they don't really do that in Blade Two. Instead, they throw in like little little hip hop, um, little hip hop verses here and there gearing up it's never during the fight scenes it's always just the gearing up scenes where they have it and i'm like i I don't need it i don't it's fine like just keep it a lyricless dance 90s dance music that's what makes those the, the first blade movie good uh the oh music yeah that that, that that 
Confusion song, the the Blood Rave music. Yeah, classic fucking. You shit. want it, want it. It's great. Great. Those are great movies. Fucking uh, awesome. And but well, yeah, uh, just so much of this movie felt kind of half-assed to me. Yeah. Um, music it, wasn't that great. Special effects weren't that great. Uh, scripting, like the screenwriting, was full of holes. Felt like a lot was just like gutted from it. Maybe in an effort to keep it under two hours. Well, um, this I found this movie entertaining, and I'll, I'll be honest. Like I've of the the Marvel comic book movies I've seen, they're good for a one and done for me. Like I'll watch them; they're generally entertaining. Like I had some good laughs at that Avengers movie. Um, it was it was entertaining for the most part, um, but they're not rewatchable. And this is one of those like it was fine the first time it was entertaining. There's problems with it, but I'm not gonna watch it again. But like Guardians of the Galaxy and Deadpool, like I'll watch either one of those four movies again. I'll, I mean, I own the two Deadpool movies. Um, but yeah, this is one of those like it was fine watching through the first time. It, it was okay. I had some well, I had some I'm, fun with Tom Hardy's character. I think it was fine. Um. I was very again. I was very happy with Tom Hardy's performance. Uh, unfortunately, divorced from Venom. Like, see, a bit a movie like this, like the suiting up thing, like the suiting up sequence is supposed to be where you, you go, yeah, like where you pop. You know, yeah. It's like Hulk Hogan coming down the ramp. Yeah, you know, doing the <laughs> doing the, the, ear, to the yeah. crowd and doing the electric guitar, you know, pantomime. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what's supposed to happen whenever Venom actually shows up, especially when we take a fucking hour to get to that. But I never gave a shit when he was on screen. It was only when Tom Hardy was on screen that I yeah. was into it. And that's not good. That's like you you got the formula mixed up. Yeah. So you um, you, you failed at at hitting the high notes where they were expected to be. Um but they have a lot to work on if they do make a sequel to this because so much of this just felt paint by numbers to me and, and like do you think they'll get even Tom Hardy? even from like a what's what's sad is like even if the script isn't good a lot of times you can salvage things with good action mm-hmm. didn't do it no. uh, if the action isn't good good performances it's like okay we got one out of one i guess <laughs> it's like I we mean, got one good performance so it's like you keep trying to make concessions for it, but at the end of the day, it's like, man, we really didn't do as well as we could have. Well, Michelle Williams is fine, and uh, I think there's only one like great performance in it, and it's Tom Hardy being uh, Eddie Brock. Um, yeah. The only, and I wouldn't even say that uh, the villain gives a bad performance. Like he's not. He's just so flat just not, and forgettable. Yeah, he's just not very good. Um, yeah, but yeah. and also it's like you know. It's kind of done to death, the uh, the dark mirror version of the hero as, like, their their chief antagonist. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, Iron Man 1, again, is, like, a huge example of that, where the Iron Monger is just big Iron Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, he, again, he only shows up in, like, the last 15 minutes of the movie, so it feels like, it feels like artificial tension. It's like we're creating a conflict that really doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all comes back, all comes back to a Spider-Man shaped hole. Gotcha. It's just like, you know, you know that, that thing called tension that's 
you know, basically a requirement for a good screenplay. All you'd have to do is have Spider-Man there, and the Eddie Brock character just comes together. It's like simple math. It's like just put Spider-Man in there, and everything makes sense. Like every all of the character motivations just fall in line very smoothly, very easily. Because guess what? That was the original intent behind the character. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I had for it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we said a lot more about Venom than we intended to. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I just don't think it's very good. But no. I'm 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 glad I rented it as opposed to like blind bought it or something because you know. Yeah, you I, don't. I, it would probably not end up on the shelf. No, it wouldn't make the shelf. It'd just be like I'll I'll just like put this like under my bed or something. <laughs> and if somebody finds it, then I'll like uh, be like, oh shit, they found the porn. I mean, uh, the venom. <laughs> I have I have one of the Twilight movies. I bought it on a used as a used uh, DVD for reasons I won't get into. Um, but it's not on my shelf. <laughs> it's in a drawer. <laughs> Good man. We don't talk about that. But yeah. Um, I think that's uh, pretty much it. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us as we caught up on Venom. Yeah. Um, Until next time.